Welcome to the Project Fitness Podcast for fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts who want to be better at life. Fitness is the greatest investment of anyone's life. However, it's not easily obtained, and anyone who says different is just plain wrong. Join award-winning personal trainer and strength conditioning coach Chris Fudge every Monday as he explores all aspects of fitness that can lead you to your optimal health. If you want to learn useful, practical how-tos of weight loss, exercise science, nutrition, or just how to optimize your time in the gym and life, this show is for you. I just sat down with Bernadette Bruckner from Austria, and Bernadette is a wealth of knowledge. Her pedigree in education is massive. She's accumulated more knowledge for one person. Like, I swear she was 150 years old with all the things she's done. She's written over 30 books. Um, She's a global author, award winner. Um, She's won awards in research. She's a master's degree. She's got a PhD, health management, international PhD in research and health communication with psycholinguistics combined with neuroplasticity and health economics. It's a lot of stuff. But what was really cool is we sat down and we had a conversation And I had about 70 things I wanted to talk about just based on what she has already done. But we actually just started talking about nutrition and we didn't stop. And she talked a lot about her nutrition and how she applies nutrition and teaches nutrition to people, her protocols that she uses, as well as as so many things are linked to the brain. And then we even got on to the discussion about children and nutrition and how she sees in the world there's a lot of scary things happening with kids and nutrition. And it brought to light some fears I already had having my own kids and what I'm seeing in the school systems here in Canada. So she went into some crazy detail about why these things are happening, how we can prevent them and things we can do for ourselves, our clients, and then our children when it comes to nutrition. So this one here, you're going to want to, you're going to want to grab a pen and paper and take a few notes here because there was a lot of really good stuff. And um, this is not one you're going to want to miss. So enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Project Fitness Podcast. And today we are sitting down with yet another special human. Today we are talking with someone who has an abundance of education internationally, is an active as a holistic trainer in health, nutrition, mental health, the founder of the IMM Intuitive Mentoring Method, studied NLP, master's degree in health management, focus in public health, international PhD in research in fields of health communication with a focus in psycholinguistics combined with neuroplasticity and health economics. Say that five times fast. An international published author of over 30 books, and I looked a bunch of them up and I realized they are in German, a handful of them. I think it's, I cannot read German, um, but lots of books, global author award winner, uh, nominated NLP award winner in research. Um, and then I don't know if this has happened yet, planning on opening your own research center in Austria, coming all the way from Austria, my special guest today, Bernadette Bruckner. Bernadette, welcome. Yes, thank you. I'm from the country where you should, we're supposed to yodel, <laughs> but I'm so sorry I cannot yodel like in The Sound of Music. I'm yeah, working on that. Yeah, coming from Austria, I, I guess yodeling is, is part of it. Um, I've never been to Austria. I'm in 
Ontario, what? Ottawa. I'm in, I'm in Canada right now. I'm looking outside my window. We've got this nice flush of two feet of snow. People are walking down the road and they're falling because there's ice underneath that snow. Never been to Austria, but it's definitely one of the places I want to go to before I die. It's on my list. It looks absolutely beautiful online. And this is, this is where you're coming from right now. Yes. Maybe we should uh, one day uh, swept the houses because I was never in Canada before and I know I want to go there too. Well, we don't really have much to offer here. You know, uh, I know you guys in Austria, that's where the sewing machine was actually um, invented. Not that I sew, but that's the only cool fact I really know about it. Oh, and good wine too, right? Yes. And also apple strudel. Oh, apple strudel. We're going to write that down. Um, <laughs> Well, thank you for taking the time to sit down and talk with me today. There's a handful of things that I really want to get into here because your skill set is so unique. But I just want to start off by when I listed some of your credentials, mm -hmm. the first thing that came to mind is, is I gravitate towards people like you. I like people like you. And what I mean by that is I'm a fan of work ethic and I'm a fan of hard workers and people who do a lot of stuff. You've done a lot of stuff but yet you're not 150 years old. No. <laughs> how did you get all that stuff done? In, you know, it, it, how are you such a hard worker? Where does that come from? Where does your drive come from? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm coming from a bakery. And since I, I always say since I can walk, I had to uh, work, work in the bakery and helping my mom and my dad uh, also in the coffee, coffee shop because my mama was building up the coffee back then. And there is one saying, what I always say is, there's one thing what I learned the most that's working. I don't call myself a workaholic, but I know where the money comes from. And one day there was like, I had to help out, you know, in the bakery. Then I had regular work or school. And then I want to fulfill my dreams. And also for education, everything else. And I learned very fast. I'm uh, not only a high sensitive person, but maybe I'm, I don't know, I just learn very fast. And I had to find myself, today we call it time management. I had to find myself solutions that I still can uh, all next to the work at home and, and school and everything else, fulfilling my dreams. And that's what I'm doing. And um, I'm actually slow. I'm now, this year I've become 45, but I know my, my CV looks like I'm 60 or 70. Oh, I wouldn't, but, yeah, or 90 or 100. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. But for me, it was like, I, I love to work. I love to bring stuff into the world. I want to, before I leave my world, uh, making a better place. And I, love, I had to find and listen to my parents, what they believe it's, you know, what I have to become as woman <laughs> or I break out of it and just do my stuff, fulfilling my dreams and finding solutions to support everybody. And that was uh, one of the biggest reasons why I created my own time management tools, why I, why I actually also use other time management tools. What I found out top management people doing that also, I, I didn't know that before, um, only actually to fulfill my dreams, what I desire so deep in myself, knowing that there is way much more out there than being on the countryside, a little girl, and only have to fulfill the dreams of my parents. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting time management skills you, you developed yourself and then started using it, mm -hmm. you know, for businesses. I think I read a, 
an alarming statistic not too long ago that the average attention span has dropped from 12 seconds to eight seconds for an individual just okay. over the last decade based on things like technology. And, mm -hmm. and, and I've got two little kids. I got two little boys, a four-year-old and a six-year-old. So I'm very much, very much aware of where they spend their time and how they do that. But you have this time management process. Could you, could you talk a little bit more about that? Mm -hmm. It's like, I mean, I, I'm, I only have to say the first computer we had in our home, I was, I think, nine or 10. And I think when, when we tell kids or teenagers that we, we didn't grow up with a computer or a laptop or a tablet, they will look, look at us, how could you survive? <laughs> we're like a phone. And I'm like, it was pretty easy. We were out there and did a lot of other stuff. And for me, it was like, um, I'm using that traditional time management stuff from the Eisenhower principle and also I love the Tesla method a lot and I created other ones uh, also one called and it, I'm serious I can like Einstein prove it time is relative and when you know how to expand time how to make time slower how to make time faster by using neuroscience you can do you can fulfill a lot of stuff is it discipline? Yes. Is it perseverance? Yes. Is it something what I only learned to my work? Because uh, in one company, I had five to six CEOs, which I supported and assist uh, parallel. So you truly have to find time management and making priorities. And when you have a big vision, when you have dreams, when you know that these dreams maybe not only can change your life, but also the living of others, you will go on. And when you begin to model, and now I'm a little bit in NLP, I'm a huge fan of not modeling. I even uh, developed it further on. And knowing what is possible when you unleash your potential, you, you maybe get an awareness that what we learned in school, that what we learned from others since childhood, the conditioning from childhood, that there is something not quite okay and that there's maybe out there way much more what we are kept able as human being that are, than others are telling us. And But I, I have to say and admit to, to you, Chris, and to all the listeners out there, I have three burnouts behind me, by the way. I, this, 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 this doesn't come from something because I work way too much. I begin to redesign when, when um, myself, with my further education, I still say that NLP saved my life. That's why I developed it further on. And I said one thing to myself after the th third burnout, I have to learn something different because everything what, what I learned before doesn't work the way what I wanted and know it's possible. So I changed my whole diet. I created my own nutrition style next to uh, my intuitive, my, my further education of NLP, my coaching therapy style, only that I can be, that I actually can live way much more my dreams and my visions, what I feel for so many years that it's time to do it, to, to just go my way. <laughs> and is it, 
is it a lot of people asking me how is it possible i say you have the same all of us have 24 hours seven all of us have the same seconds i am i don't drink i don't smoke i don't party anymore i have i did have everything it was like yeah okay but the hangover it's like no it's well, not fun <laughs> well you want to talk about about speeding up and slowing down time Yes. Being hung over, that slows down time. Oh, yes. <laughs> and as, as older you get, it's like, no, I don't want to have that anymore because I just need so long for recovery. 100%. If you want to socialize or party with me, like I need the date two weeks in advance. I got to plan a nap the yes. day of. I got electrolytes in my room ready to go. Like th this isn't a joke. This is a serious, no, this is actually how like I do now. If you want to have some beers with me. You just hit like 15 different things that I, yes. I want to ask more about. How, why, how, why? The burnout, the time management. Mm -hmm. Can I assume that your, your time management strategies came after the burnouts? Yes, afterwards. Because the first burnout was like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, I, I grew up very tough, by the way. So the first burnout was like, I can handle that. Mm -hmm. So... We have to change something. Let's go on further on. And I truly have had a speedy life. In one year, I was traveling so much internationally and moved eight times within Austria. <laughs> had my stuff on three places. So I had no idea anymore where my stuff is at the moment. Um, and this was one thing. I never want to miss it. I never want to miss my speedy life. But I had to learn where my boundaries are. And I only learned it via my body. My body didn't work anymore. So by saying your body didn't work, did you run into some health problems? Well, I was highly suicide and I stopped eating. I was actually overweight uh, 20 years ago and I lost more than 20 kilos because I just stopped eating. Mm -hmm. It's like the time. I don't have time for eating anymore. I have to do another stuff. And I, when I was in France, I was highly suicide. And the only reason why I didn't kill myself 20 years ago was actually one thing. I thought to myself, I can do that to my mom. I would upset my mom when I kill myself in France in a little apartment where no one would ever ask where I am. And uh, seeing myself, wishing myself lying there, I was like, no, nope, that doesn't look very good. Mm -hmm. It's not ladylike. That was the only reason why I didn't do it. Wait, because it's not ladylike? Yes. <laughs> or or your th your mother? It was actually my mom. Mm -hmm. I, 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 can't upset, I, I can't upset my mom with this one. It, that's really interesting. But I, but, yes. Because people talk about sometimes they have internal and external demons, internal and external motivations. Mm -hmm. Sound like you were going through the worst part of anyone's life they could have. And then you were thinking of your mom externally. Yes. Yes, but I have, I have to say it because uh, my mom also has like health challenges and mm -hmm. if it's like a systemic thinking when I'm not there anymore, it would be not a good idea. I think that's a lot more common than people are aware of. So the, 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 the audience of this podcast are health related people, you know, people mm -hmm. who work in fitness, whether they're, they're trainers or coaches mm -hmm. or they're fitness enthusiasts and they like to work out. And I think every one of them and every one of us at some point want to help someone else when you're into health and you're into fitness because you're always affected by it and it can translate. 
So you, you modified some things. You said you, you changed your nutrition and I've heard you talk before about that. I've heard you say, I've changed my nutrition to support my mental health, but I didn't hear what you did. Could you elaborate on, on what you did or what you do? Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up in a bakery. So food was always a huge topic and I was overweight. And when I had my speedy life after my first burnout, I, I was like, I don't want to say junk food lover, but something like that and alcohol and everything else. It's just like speedy life. I was on management and, and were a lot of, you know, party and everything else. And after the third burnout, I was like, I can't handle this living with this food. When you understand what nutrition is and can be, you change your diet, you change your lifestyle. And I had, I have so much nurturing food and I created my own nutrition work actually based on body intelligence. So I'm listening to my body, what, what is good for me. You stop eating a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I clear uh, um, food beliefs. And um, just because when you see it on the neuroscience, food is always connected with emotions. Most of the people are emotional eaters. Mm -hmm. I say 99%. We, because we, we, I, I, we in Austria, don't, we have no idea what hunger is. I hopefully not in Canada either. I and, don't. Yes, me neither. And most of the time, People believe we, we need food. Mm -hmm. And after in Austria, we have a very, very interesting uh, filmmaker. His name is Pia Strauwinger. And the movie is also in, in English available. It, it calls at the beginning of light. And he checked, how is it possible that people uh, living on light were prana? There are people out there who are not eating and they, they, don't, they don't, you know, starve. Mm -hmm. And they, they're still living. And the question itself was, are we truly dependent on food? And this was so interesting, this movie. I was like, ah, how interesting is that? When we clear all our beliefs about food, about everything what we got conditioned since childhood, and begin to listen to our body, what feels good for us, and which food or which intake, also thoughts, by the way, and energies, is actually healthy for us and giving us a vital then you truly can change the way you see food. Mm -hmm. And I'm my biggest guinea pig, by the way. So everything what I research on my own, <laughs> I, I, I just do it first on myself. And then maybe when others are interested in, um, I just, and I have already a bunch of people who are open for that, then I try it with other people. So I created a huge toolbox based actually on NLP. So my, my, my nutrition form and my, Coaching therapy style is based on NLP and I just developed it further on with different other inputs and also what I found out when I worked with other people. And today, I mean, I'm not in the best shape. I have to say like COVID, mom is cooking. <laughs> very good food, by the way. But it's not, um, it's very traditional Austrian food because when I was living in Vienna, I cut sugar, I cut meat, I cut everything, all of that stuff. I just had raw food. I um, clean eating is my direction, and also with uh, seasonal food and local uh, organic food. And I had, I was, I was in the best shape. I had the best blood um, test and everything else, which was actually 
way much better than in my 20s. Mm -hmm. So for me, yes, you can rejuvenate with food. You can you can uh, do upside down your whole living when mm -hmm. you change your diet and also your thinking. Yes, that's true. And also you, when you clear your gut and um, give good bacteria in it, also your thinking uh, will change. A lot of people who are depressive, a lot of people who have mental illness or problems or challenges, when you change their diet or their nutrition form and their lifestyle, they, it, it will, will go away. And this yeah, is so interesting. I, yeah, I've read, of, um, I've read about people using um, ketosis to slow down or reverse cognitive decline or cognitive disease. Ketosis for people who have, um, um, what is it, they have epilepsy as well as one form. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people who uh, have depression, they also have really bad, really bad guts, really bad digestion. Exactly. I see in the, the school systems here in Canada, things that worry me. And I wonder what your thoughts are on this when it comes to snacks. Mm -hmm. My boys are driven by snacks and it drives me insane because in the school system, they have a snack first thing in the morning. They have a snack before lunch. They have lunch. They have a snack in the afternoon. Then they come home and they want a snack. And I remember one time, like, you, you don't need five times a day to eat. You don't need five, six times a day to eat. Um, so during COVID, like, we, we yanked that out. And it was hard right off the bat. But they adapted over a couple of days. They got used to the new routine. And now they're back in school. And they come home and they're like, if the kids are getting snacks, we want snacks. I'm like, you, you, no, you don't, you don't need it. But they don't need, like, they physically don't need that amount of caloric intake. Mm -hmm. My kids are very healthy little guys. But in the school system, it is, it is just driven that every time there is silence, here's food. Anytime mm -hmm. there's a break, here's food. You worked hard, mm -hmm. here's food. Mm -hmm. It's nap time, here's food. Um, is that something we should be worried about in Canada? I don't know if it's like that over in Austria, but or is that something we should be worried about? It's conditioning. And what I said before, it's uh, we, we, we get conditioned since childhood, what is right, what is not right. And when I see it, when I work with children, especially with my twin nieces, when you give them something healthy, and also uh, the other stuff, the snacks, what is not so healthy, they always pick the healthy stuff. And when I see it with a, a, a girl of, of my best friend, and she did automatically, on a very natural way, um, a metabolism diet, actually. She, either she want only carbs or only protein. And it was so interesting to see that if you give the, the children the field or the room that they can choose and don't condition them, they naturally choose always the healthier stuff. And the interesting, and as you said, at home, there was no snacking. Children are very adaptive. They're very agile. Mm -hmm. But if you condition them, and it's the same with Pavlov. I don't know if every, anybody out there knows the experiment Pavlov. That's conditioning, the, the, nothing the else. The drooling dog, right? Yes, yeah. but it, it's a psychology. You can mm -hmm. do it the same with with, uh, with all the people, and you see it in the supermarket. Mm -hmm. They're all they're on certain places, or certain uh, snacks or stuff. What either when it's for children, it's they're in the, on the low one, and it, they're on the special places, and there are millions 
dollars, they, they give it there only to know the psychology behavior of people. 100%. This is just, yeah. I, I believe one of the grocery stores I go to regularly only bakes cookies. Mm-hmm. Only bakes cookies. They got bakers in the back and they should be doing breads and other things. I swear they're only doing cookies because every time I go in, I smell cookies. Mm-hmm. There's also because when you do it on the smell area, it goes right away into the brain. And it's not in the thinking, but it's becoming in the subconsciousness. Mm-hmm. They are very easy to manipulate, by the way, especially with food. And this is it, actually it worries me when I when I hear it from you with the snacking, because these are the first steps that children get overweight. And this yes. is a huge topic. I don't know if it's in Canada, but in Austria, um, the the sport is cut out of school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they, they and then we. We wonder why all the people are so, you know, hyperactive. Mm. Hello. Then they eat a lot of sweet and a lot of sugar and everything else. Even and that's in Austria. Even when we have once a week, uh, they call it the healthy snack. But when, when as nutrition trainer, you see what they believe healthy is. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, yep. come on. It's like we, we, we actually condition our children becoming diabetes becoming overweight, becoming um, high blood pressure. We have children already who have burnouts in schools and mopping and everything. And I'm like, there's something mm-hmm. on here. Yeah. And actually, yes, it's worrying me a lot. One of the saddest things that I see, and I have a soft spot, spot for children, I always have, but one of the, if there's one thing that can bring a, t- a tear to my eye, it's when I see a young, a young child who's very unhealthy. And I know it is from inactivity, and a lot of junk food, a lot of junk food, because it's, in my opinion, it's never their fault, right? And sometimes it might be mom and dad or the guardians who just aren't educated. They may not be aware. They might, they might not have the financial means. And in Canada, it's significantly cheaper to eat unhealthy than it is to eat healthy. But when I see a young, a little boy or a little girl, and, and they're not healthy, you know, and they're six and they're five and they're severely overweight, I know they're mm-hmm. going to have a really hard life down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, this is actually abuse. This is this is totally abuse to the children. And uh, my biggest aim in Austria is, and also with my companies and with other people, is raising their health literacy. And not only about nutrition, but uh, being way much more uh, skeptic uh, about any studies and all the other things. Because in times of this, and I'm not even talking about Dr. Google, in times of this, where we believe that we know a lot, that we, we believe that we are well educated, we have more than ever health challenges. And I'm not talking about COVID, by the way. I'm mm-hmm. talking where way much more people die globally is of overweight, high blood pressure, and other things. And these are all related to nutrition. Mm-hmm. And we have more than ever nutrition trainers dietists and nutrition consultants and we still have these challenges there's something is wrong here and a lot of people and this is for me the huge difference to my nutrition work because i want that they get into action because i can tell them a lot if they cannot implement their daily living there's something wrong and as more as you educate, and that's a reason why I'm support. So next to my work, next to bakery, next to my further education, 
I do also a lot of um, for free uh, health projects out of passion and supporting others, especially women and mompreneurs. And my deepest belief is when you support a woman, when you support a mom, they, they, we would just communicate differently. Women, we just nurture whole family. Mm-hmm. And when you educate a mom, when you ed- uh, educate a pregnant woman, you support also the child and support also families. I love that. Um, my, my, my wife actually fell down the stairs the other day and dislocated her shoulder and she's working full time from home. She's a, she's a teacher mm-hmm. so during the days she's in the office and she's just been teaching full day um, because of COVID I'm shut down for my work. So I've been doing, I've been doing her, her job <laughs> more recently. Um, so when you say like how moms can affect the entire family, oh, I, I know, I know. And, and this is something, it, it, seeing what's going on in the world, and it's not about COVID, it's about seeing what, what we never wanted to see, it become invisible. And this is actually all the other challenges which were there for years already. And I tell, I'm also um, a teacher uh, at the academy, training uh, nutrition trainers, future nutrition trainers. And I say to them, you are so important for the future. You're so important supporting others about health literacy and about nutrition because we have so much to do. Supporting others that they understand what it means when you give in good food into your body that your body function better. And it's the same with a car. And when you see sometimes people, how they treat their car better than their body, it's like, what's going on here? Yeah. You can replace a tire. Sometimes it's a little harder with the body. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about the nutrition and um, Mm -hmm. I want to get your take on it. How would you define nutrition? What is nutrition? Everyone's like, I got to get better at nutrition. What's nutrition? It's every, it's like, for me, nutrition is way much more than the food. It's also your thought. It's also all the news, what you take into your body and take for real. It also all your friends who actually should support you. But a lot of people have friends for whatever reason, but not for supporting. And this is for me nurturing. Nutrition is not only about food. It's truly about nurturing my world on body, mind, and soul level. And 20 years ago, I had a way much different, uh, you know, friends, so-called friends. And around 80% are not there anymore. Because I found out through my NLP uh, education that these are not friends. These were like, you know, energy suckers or however you want to call it in English. And I just just said bye-bye, turned around. And there were other ones more and more who who nurtured me as more and more. I, I said yes to me. To my living, by the way, because I, I truly was highly suicide, but saying yes to me, to my living, to my life, and saying, um, and this is actually a huge topic for women, and setting boundaries when it doesn't feel good anymore. And I'm teaching a lot of women, a lot of um, moms, especially those who got abused, that they learn to set boundaries. And knowing when it doesn't feel any anymore any good and saying no, that is totally okay, even as women. 
And this is, this is, this is for me nurturing. And for me still saying, saying no to others, it's a huge topic. Am I allowed to? And all the things, I mean, I grew up my way. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, but as more as I do it, as more as I say yes to myself, and this is for me nurturing, for me. And also you can, you can call nutrition or nurturing also self-loving, self-awareness and also self-support and also truly taking care of you. And as more as you take care of you, you can support others. This is something what I learned the last 20 years the most. I love that, taking care of yourself to be able to take care of others and, and, and nourishing your body. Now, I got a problem when it comes to nourishing the body. I, I, I love ice cream, okay? And, and what I found is ice cream actually loves me back. So what I mean by that is sometimes when I walk by it in the grocery store, it whispers my name, Chris, Chris. Yeah, it's called I'm, you. I'm on sale. Come get me. I'm on sale. Um, so it is a, it's a kryptonite for me. It is something that I, I've always loved. It's something that mm-hmm. I eat, but it is not, it doesn't go in the house. Ice cream does not go in the house because I eat it. And I feel so good when I eat it, but not so good afterwards. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about nourishing the body, you're talking about food that you eat and makes you feel good. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how would you teach or how would you, you know, um, show someone how that actually works? I, I will ask you and also all the other listeners, because everybody of us has a food, which is just, you know, calling us, as you say. <laughs> it knows my middle name. Yes. Name it. <laughs> Um, ask yourself with whom or with which emotion do you connect ice cream? You, you know, I used to sell ice cream. <laughs> yeah, so you have a memory out of it. I've got a lot of memories of ice cream. Yes. My first well, job is, was selling ice cream and I yes. made money off it. There we go, first one. Yeah. And in which age was it? I was 12 years old. When you go back as 12-year-old one, and you see ice cream, which emotion or feeling comes up with it? Um, pride. <laughs> you know, if you say it, and the reason is I sold ice cream and I got paid by how much I sold. So if I had a good day's work, I'd come home. And I, this is funny, we're talking about this. And I would tell dad, I sold this much ice cream today. Proud of you, son. I'd be awesome, good. So now that we talk about this, that makes that makes sense. I have a little bit of pride. Yeah, exactly. And which feeling give it to you when your dad said that to you? Uh, a, a feeling of pride. I felt proud. I felt that I made yes. my dad proud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> made your mm-hmm. ba- dad proud and getting love from your dad because you achieved something that was important for you and for him. Most of the time, that's why ice cream is calling you. Because you always will remember, and that's so so interesting with our brain. All the cravings, all the um, addictions, we never get rid of because they are always connected with emotions, with with something positive, mm-hmm. with something we we most of the time in our earlier age was so good that we remind us ourselves. And keep us, hey, when I do this, this, and this, this is tragedy. Then I get this and this and this emotion or feeling from others or from myself. When you disconnect it, and this is pure neuro- neuroscience, by the way, and look behind the topic and clear this, then ice cream maybe tastes different, 
maybe doesn't call you anymore. And maybe you can build up yourself a healthier way with ice cream. Because ice cream itself is nothing bad. It's always the doses. And today I make my ice cream on my own only with fruit, with frozen fruit. Mm -hmm. That's it. The next time I feel the craving for ice cream, I'm going to call my dad and be like, dad, tell me you love it's me. It's your fault. Yes. Oh, you first off, this is your fault. Now you tell me you love me and then I'll be able to walk away from the ice cream. Uh, that, that, Bernadette, that actually blows my mind because as we're going on, I'm, I'm thinking about other times where ice cream, I had really good memories. It, this is actually really wild. Uh, one of my best friends died when I was a really young kid. And one of my favorite memories was him and I eating a lot of ice cream together. It just came up. I'm keeping the tears in, but that's wild that you actually brought this up. Now, is that your um, NLP, uh, neuro-linguistic programming? Is that where that comes from? I created uh, the classic NLP doesn't have this method. I created on my own, do the work with others. And two now, weeks this, sorry, ago. This, sorry, would this be your, um, some of your PhD work, your research work? You've done so much. I'm just trying to connect the no, dots. It's, it's, a re it's actually a research work because I have met, I grew up uh, in our bakery and cafe. There were a lot of alcoholic people. Mm. And most of them were, had a beautiful soul, really, truly beautiful people, but they just, you know, got fucked up with alcohol. Do it. And, and this is, you know, my story. And as more, I always wanted to find solutions. I'm still a person who always wants to find solutions when there are challenges out there. And as more as I work with others, as more as I uh, did research for my uh, further um, development of NLP, I found out with neuroscience and actually with neuroplasticity that you can reverse every single memory what is holding you back to have a healthy, vital life. And this method, uh, two weeks ago, I found, I found a name for it because I always, you know, I do my research and everything. And one day people asking me, how do you call it? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so I have to find kind of, you know, a word for it. And I call it, um, how, how do they call it? I, I, uh, I, I know, disruptive brain score method disruptive brain score method yes yes i know it's a, it's a weird but it fits all, all the pieces what i'm actually doing with this work when i work with my clients is actually this one so i with this method i can i don't want to say heal uh but uh soul all abuses on all levels Sometimes it takes longer, especially when you when it's um, with alcohol and drugs, because mm -hmm. you have to work also with your body more. But I begin doing this research because I had so many clients uh, with abusive memories, uh, sexual abuses most of the time with uh, women, and also I had a, another one uh, where there was a child abuse. And then I, I know I have to find solutions. This is you know my passion finding solutions. And the interesting part is I, I was my first guinea pig as usual, because I don't want to harm anybody. I just have to try it on my own. Mm -hmm. And the interesting part is everything what uh, is connected with food. And I had so much food with, with good memories and everything else, especially coffee, because I grew up in a coffee shop and always connected with my mom and, and security and all the things. 
And as more as when I disconnected it and I healed this topic behind and look behind this topic, all the food, what I loved before, tastes different. And I don't have it anymore. So my whole, my whole I don't want to say lifestyle, but you know, my whole nutrition, what, what is so common for me, what I ate before, went. And I nat naturally go to all this food, uh, what my body likes and feels good and wears the healthy and can and vital uh, and have all the energy that I can do my work. I'll have clients a lot of times say things like, well, I have to have that. Well, I can't function without my coffee. I have to have dairy in my coffee. Do mm -hmm. they really have to? Mm -mm. These are all memories. It's the same with you, with your, I have to have this ice cream because it's calling me. <laughs> and there is, was one day and she was one of my best friends. She's from Germany. And I was totally happy and, and you know, I told her about my, my method. And she said to me, how dare can you? When I'm coming visiting you, I want to drink with you alcohol because in Austria we have good wine. I was like, no, I don't drink alcohol anymore. <laughs> what is it? What's the big wine there? Gump, uh, Gumpelschkirchen? Gumpelschkirchen, am I saying that right? What? <laughs> is that one of your Austrian wines? Gumpelschkirchen. I never heard that before, but we have truly, really good ones. We okay. have dry wine, we have white red wine, and we have sweet wine, very famous. And uh, we have truly good stuff. And I can tell you even where to go, because my ex-boyfriend was totally into very high-quality wine. So he, mm. he knew all the, the wineries in, Vienna, in, in Austria, in, in uh, stereo, by the way, uh, to find the right stuff. But for me, it's not as more as I delete it. I, I call it delete all the beliefs. Um, I, I, don't, I don't want anymore. You know, this, this grading. I don't have this grading anymore. And this is so interesting because every single person out there can change their life completely if they want to. What are a couple of takeaways that the listeners could get from that? So if I'm listening right now and I'm hearing oh, if I program my brain or I change something in my brain, I won't have a need or a craving for that ice cream or that coffee. Is there something some people can do to just practice on their own right now? Yes, you can. Get yourself a piece of paper, write down all your favorite food and all the food, what you say, I have to have it. And then you make a second place next to the food, you write down, with whom or with which situation or with which feeling do you connect this food? By the way, when you have food cravings, you also have to clear your gut. You have to, to clear your gut too because your bacteria has a brain memory too. And your gut, there is so much, I don't want to say waste, but there are so much memories in there and that's Another reason why you're still creating stuff. That's what I learned from a person who is into hydrocolon, also cleaning the gut, mm -hmm. uh, so that you can build up uh, a healthier bacteria system in there. So how does someone clean the gut? Do they do fasting, time-restricted eating? Do they take digestive enzymes? Fasting and also hydrocolon. 
I don't know, is, the, is this actually an English word? I have no idea. It's like where you, only with professional people, by the way, this is where you clear, you clean your uh, gut with 40 liters of water and with massage. 40, get all, four zero. Yes, for one hour. Are people pouring yeah. the water on you or are you drinking it? No, 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 no. You, you know, from the backside. Oh, back reverse. Because, yes. You never heard about hydroglon? Okay. I have so not. For all the nutrition people out there and experts out there, check out hydrocolon therapy because this is clearing and cleaning your gut system so that all the old memories and all the old stuff what's in there and sometimes people have stuff in there for 30 years mm -hmm. and getting ill out of it, that you clear it and that naturally the gut can, uh, you know, reorganized good bacteria in there and also of course with fasting but i'm not the biggest fan of fasting i i can't fast so i'm i don't recommend fasting but oh, so, for, a couple so for of, you or for people I, I i don't i don't recommend it for myself mm -hmm. to others but i can test it mm -hmm. with my body intelligent i i use uh, different kinesthetic testings so i can test if it's really good for your body or not mm-hmm when, um, when the first shutdown happened with COVID, um, so as, as you know, I work in fitness, so I stand, mm -hmm. I stand 60 hours a week. I'm a trainer. That, that's my thing. When COVID first hit here in Canada, we were locked down. So we were in the house nonstop. So one of the things I noticed quite quickly was my caloric intake stayed about the same. And then all of a sudden I started to gain a little bit of weight. So, and I was like, well, obviously my expenditure is not what it was. So I actually started doing um, time restricted eating. So I just shortened all my windows, but I ate the same amount of food mm -hmm. and I started losing weight with time restricted mm -hmm. eating Yes. instead of like my normal big day. And I, I found that very effective. Have you ever tried that or, or recommended yes. that with clients? I'm totally a fan. It's because of autophagy. Ah, I don't know the English. It is autophagy. It's the, uh, it's Nobel pricing. And when you, when you eat only eight hours per day or less, and the, the rest of the day you do fasting, your, your body gets your natural, actually natural weight. And mm -hmm. when, you, when you eat and eat healthy stuff instead of junk food, because some people out there believe now, oh, I'm doing fasting, but in the time where I'm eating, I'm eating fast food. Yeah, that's it's, ridiculous. Doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, doesn't work. Yeah, that's awful. I, I hate But that. it's the same with me. I, I lost weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you said you gained like 20 kilos when you were I in. Had, yes. Yeah. And, um, and that was just life wasn't going well, but then was it your, I presume a depression because you did talk about suicide. Is that what made mm -hmm. you lose 20 kilos or did you say, I'm going to take control of my nutrition? Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm bringing out this year, a book about eating disorder. Back then I stopped eating, not of depression because the, the people were so mean. I was in a working environment where I didn't felt welcome because I'm Austrian. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, there was like, I don't know, managers who don't like women, something like that. And I just stopped eating. So this was my um, back then. Where was this? Was this in Austria or was this in like the United States? No, in, in Germany. In Germany. Okay. Yeah, we Germans and Austrians, we love and hate each other. <laughs> oh, well, we're, we're Canadian. We love everyone. So yeah. <laughs> come over we're here. We're Austrian. We love everyone too, till they show us the different way, but that's another thing. Okay. No, but back then it was like, I'm a high sensitive person. And mm -hmm. the first thing, some people begin to eat 
and some people stop eating and I'm, I'm the, the, the group stop eater when it's uh, emotionally way too much. And that's why I, I just stopped eating. That's why I, I lost 20 kilos way too fast, very unhealthy actually. Today I know because I didn't have back then my nutrition knowledge, but it just, I just stopped. Is it possible for different people to, or for people to eat different foods that nourish them differently? So an yes. example is, this is really interesting because my boys are genetically, they're my children, four and six. My six-year-old loves meat. He, he will eat chicken, he will eat beef, he will eat sausage, he eats a lot of it. My four-year-old doesn't like any meat. Genetically the same for mom and dad, but he gravitates a lot more towards starchy carbohydrates and vegetables while my, my older son gravitates towards meat. Mm -hmm. It's the same with my twin nieces. The one is a carb type, the other one is a protein type. And it's so wonderful to see because they just take this one, the other one take this one. Okay, so they're, are they biological twins? Yes. Okay, so they have the exact same genetic makeup, but yet they crave different foods. Now, is that, yes. a, is that a brain thing? It's you have different metabolism. I'm 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 into metabolism as well, and you you can choose and maybe if, if you want to try. One day you do a breakfast with protein, scrambled eggs or whatever, and no bread or no carbs, mm -hmm. and check for yourself if you have gained more energy and have last long energy or not. The other day, you only eat for breakfast carbs. Mm -hmm. And then you check for yourself the same. Do I have more energy or not? And when I eat too much carbs and I love spaghetti before, I get so tired. And my mom is a carb type. Mm -hmm. So when she cooks, I have to find other I have to find other food. Your mom must be friends with my mom. <laughs> my mom does the same thing. She, and it, she yeah. seasons her food with carbs. Yes. That's what I always say. <laughs> and when I cook, I know I have to give some kind of carbs to there. Otherwise, my mom gets cranky. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I can eat protein and veggies all, all day. I don't even need fruits. Mm -hmm. And you find that your, your, your energy levels stay straight. They're, they're good. There's no spikes, no drops. I even had one day so much energy that my environment was overwhelmed. And I had to find food that my energy get low. So you purposely when, look for carbohydrates? Yes. I had one day, you know, I'm my best guinea pig, so I try everything. I had a time where I eat every single day fast food. Oh. Only that I don't have so much energy that the other people freak out with me. And I cannot do so much sport <laughs> that I, you know, that I bring myself down. And I don't eat sugar, by the way. I'm not hyperactive or something like that. But if you, if you truly have your nutrition plan and your nutrition style, you will see that you get automatically, naturally, a lot of energy. There's a lot of different nutrition um, plans, styles. Yes. There's, there's different camps. People say veganism is best, vegetarianism, <laughs> um, uh, keto, uh, Atkins diet. Um, <laughs> If there was one, if there's one based on your research, your involvement in nutrition and health, do you think that there is one that the average person would benefit from most? You know, 
I have my own nutrition form. I listen to my body. One day this nutrition is good for me. On the other day, something else is good for me because I either I do more on body work or more brain work. But there is one thing what I like the most. It was the intermittent fasting, as you said before, and also clean eating. These were the two ones where uh, combined with minds, listen to my body and, and also test via my body what is which food is good at the moment for me, mm-hmm. that I have the energy that I can do with my work. This would be my combination. Intermittent fasting and clean eating. So let's say my mom is listening, right? Could you explain uh, simply what is intermittent fasting and what is mm-hmm. considered clean eating in, in your eyes? Intermittent fasting, there are different ways. The most common one is you have, you allow yourself eating eight hours normally. And then uh, I have to 14 hours, no, 16 hours, no food. Mm -hmm. So that your body can recover actually from digestion, recover uh, from the food and everything else and get cleaned on your own. Because Mm -hmm. our body is just a miracle. It's amazing. They can help themselves if you let them. And clean eating is actually something where it's in my opinion, where you choose food seasonally, locally, and best organic, and don't cook it too long, but steam it, and not preparing too much with it, but eating as as clean as possible. I'm not a raw fan, uh, because I cannot eat raw with my colon. For some people, raw is perfect, and for others, don't. But I like steaming food, I like food from the oven, when I, when I uh, do my veggies in the oven, I'm just a happy person. Mm-hmm. But I see it also from the point of traditional Chinese food, mm-hmm. where, you, where you can choose yourself with preparation if the food um, has a thermical influence to your body or not. And raw food makes yourself cold. So a person who is you know, a very aggressive person, for example, food like fish, food, raw food is good for the mood for this person. So I truly do combine a lot of different styles, but the end of it is asking my body and truly uh, test with uh, kinesthetic methods, different ones, which food and which preparation is good for me at the moment. I've always um, kind of been a little bit cautious about the ideas when people say, eat raw, eat cooked. There's pros mm-hmm. of one, it's way better than the other. Mm-hmm. From my understanding, the way the human species has evolved from a brain size perspective, it dramatically increased. I believe it was over 40% once they identified how to cook food. Now, some of the thoughts were, okay, now they can cook food. They don't have to spend as much time chewing the food and they're going get, to get more nutrients and the brain is going to evolve that way. Some thoughts were it actually would break down the fats of the animals that they were eating and they could absorb it better. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I've always been like, what, you know, raw food, people say raw food's better. People say cooked food's better. Um, what's your thoughts specifically on, on cooked food over raw food? At the end of the day, your body will show you which kind of food is good for you. Either you, you get disease or you stay healthy. And it, it always depends, for example, Raw food is in the summer super because it's nurturing your body and it cools your body. In the winter, raw food, a lot of people get ill. People get a cold because your, your body thermic just cold, cools down. 
And as more as you listen to your body, that's why I'm, I'm so into my, my own nutrition one, because I teach the people one thing, to listen it at the end of all the diets, of all the nutrition experts and tips and all the things, listen to your body. And when I found out that for everything in nutrition, there is a pro and contra study, especially with eggs, especially with meats, for one, this is just superfood because it nurtures their, their body and for others don't. And every single human out there, we have a unique DNA. We are unique. Mm -hmm. Your nutrition should be unique. I'm not a fan of, of nutrition plans because I can't even keep up any plan. <laughs> That's why I created my own. I just listen to my body. Yes, I write down. I have a nutrition plan where I write it down only because I hate to throw away food. Mm -hmm. I'm a totally fan of zero waste and I, I hate to throw away food because in Austria, there is, the food wasting is so huge and it breaks my heart because others are starving and there are others throw away food for nothing. Mm -hmm. And this is one of many reasons why I have my nutrition plan. Do I keep up my plan? Next to my mom, it's not possible. When I live like in Vienna or being on my own or with a partner, I keep it up because I'm the one who is, who is buying the stuff and I don't throw away stuff. But I'm, a, um, I'm actually more in minimalism and zero wasting. But this is also a choice of a lifestyle. I, I can tell you're minimalist. I mean, you don't even have a wall in your house. You're just sitting by a lake actually just kidding, exactly. just kidding. Um, <laughs> Something like I, I, know, I know your time is valuable so i'll just i'll shorten this up quite quickly one thing if someone's listening to this now we've mentioned a lot listen to your body listen mm -hmm. to your body mm -hmm. if someone is eating and it's not good what's the body going to tell them and if someone's eating and it's good what is the body going to tell them there are two things your taste tells you if you like it or not, also your smell. Use your, uh, use all your senses. A food should, should look good. It should taste good. It should, it should also smell good. And it should be, do, do you truly want to have it? Do you have like this, I, I, I don't know if it's English word, but the gusta. Do you truly want to have this food now or not? Or is it out of, because I have to. And the other thing is, do I feel after I ate it energized, well, or do I have actually, a, you know, my, my body, my stomach, and my gut is hurting? Mm -hmm. Or bl bloating. Bloating could be a part yes. of that. Yes. Bloating's not yes. good. I never thought it was. And this is something, that's why I always say, listen to your body. Begin to, 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 to not only listen, it's maybe not enough, but to truly experience your body with all your senses. And as more as we, most of the people out of stress, out of, I'm so busy, I'm, I have to eat this, 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 and this, and stress and all the things. And you develop disease, you develop illness, you develop out of actually totally nonsense, something only that you go slower, and begin to listen to yourself. And it also begins by food shopping, by the way. Mm -hmm. And I want to invite everybody. I, I don't know how you food shop. 
I write it down. I didn't it before, by the way. I write it down. And when I'm in the shop, I begin to test my body. Do I truly like this, this food or not? Or is it out of, you know, old memory? Or like this chocolate. I need, I need it. Mm -hmm. I have to buy this chocolate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or not. Because when you have it already at home, and this is something what I did before, it's like, I don't want to waste it. I truly have to eat it because I just bought it. It's like, otherwise it's a waste of money thing because there are coming a lot of beliefs up there. Mm -hmm. That's very in-depth. I really appreciate that. Bernadette, unique people do and say unique things. And I, and I think that very much of our short time together on this conversation, I had a list of about 70 different things I wanted to talk about. But once you started going on this, I wanted to know more. I wanted to know more because I'm in the chair of people listening and I know they want to know the same thing. What I'm going to do moving forward is I'm going to put all your contact links um, in the show notes, but what, what are you doing now or what are you working on? If someone wants to contact you, what, what can they expect you're going to be doing here for 2021? Good question. In Austria, we are in the middle of a huge economic crisis. So I changed all my plans, what I believe they're so important. And this year I will begin to be way much more out there doing trainings, doing coachings and all the other stuff, supporting uh, in Austria, the people out there, uh, also on the mental level and whatever they need, because I have a huge business knowledge as well. I build up different net networks, uh, also for companies and, and also for employees that we get, uh, go together through this crisis, because this is, in my opinion, bigger than the one we had after the Second World War. And uh, this is what I'm doing. Next to it, I do my best bringing out my books. Still, I don't give up for this one, but I'm so happy I, I have a supportive team already. I built it up for a couple of years. And I only want to invite everybody out there. Everybody of you is unique. And when we help together on eye level, we can overcome this crisis together in the best manner, in, this, in the best way, and in the hopefully the healthiest way as possible. And seeing that people becoming depressive, even children, and also thinking about suicide because of COVID, this breaks my heart. And we have mm -hmm. a lot to do out there. And I know that all the, the knowledge, what we have, when we give it together, we can support these people. And this is my mission for 2021. I love that so much. You're far away, but I can see how big your heart is through this computer yeah. screen. So thank you so much for spending um, your time and choosing to sit down with me today. I do appreciate that. I know the listeners do as well. And lastly, I'll leave you with stay positive in life and negative in COVID. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much, Bernadette. Thank you. Never stop learning because life never stops teaching. If you've learned at least one thing from this podcast and your mission is to help other people, please share this podcast with them. And a reminder, we will be releasing one episode every Monday for the entire year. So make sure to hit subscribe so you get the updated information as soon as possible. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And thank you so much for allowing me to be part of it.